Hello, and welcome to This Week in Engineering, brought to you by engineering.com. Today, we're taking a special in-depth look at NASA's Mars Science Laboratory. Here is some Martian mission history. The first probes on Martian surface were actually Soviet, Mars 2 and Mars 3 in 1971. They didn't last long. Mars 2 failed during descent, and Mars 3 just 20 seconds after landing. In 1974, the twins Viking 1 and 2 operated for years, broadcasting the first decent pictures from the surface. After that, we had some orbiters, but no landings until 1997, when NASA's Mars Pathfinder, with the rover Sojourner, landed in Ares Vallis and gave us some awesome 3D images. Since then, we've had Spirit, the six-Earth-year robot that was only supposed to last three months, its twin, Opportunity, which is still operating, and the Phoenix lander in 2008, which confirmed water ice in the North Polar region. All in all, Mars has a bad reputation. Including orbiters, about two-thirds of all Martian missions have failed, including Mars Climate Orbiter due to a missed metric conversion and Russia's 2011 Phobos grunt, makes you wonder, is there a rover brave enough to dare to go up against those odds? That brings us to the Mars Science Laboratory, equipped with a Curiosity rover. All the NASA rovers have six wheels and look fairly similar. Here's a picture showing an engineer with a two-foot Sojourner clone, but look behind them. And there's a Spirit and Opportunity clone at 5.2 feet, much bigger. But wait, there's the Curiosity rover Truckosaurus, 10 feet long, weighing one ton on Earth. Makes you want to climb aboard and do some real six-wheel drive Martian dune surfing. Well, buckle up, because she's powered by plutonium in a radioisotope thermoelectric generator redlining at, can you believe it, 300 feet per hour. Well, she was built for reliability, not thrill-seeking. Still, I figured plutonium could get you at least 88 miles per hour. The MSL launched on November 26, 2011, and is due to land at around uh, 1.30 a.m. Eastern on August 6, 2012, about an eight-month flight that will take it over 352 million miles. That presents a challenge on arrival, because the landing process takes only seven minutes, at a time when Mars is 14 light minutes away from Earth. That means the landing has to be completely automated. In fact, by the time we finally get the signal that deceleration has begun, over on Mars, the landing process is already over. Is that a tough control problem? I guess it's like flying one of those remote-controlled helicopters. Only when you hit the power, you have to wait 28 minutes to see how high it is. Or rather, was 14 minutes ago. Once the cruise stage that's the part of the spacecraft that fires rockets for course corrections during the flight, has separated, the rest of the craft has to stop spinning and also orient itself so the heat shield points toward the oncoming atmosphere. In order to do that, it has to eject some ballast, roughly equivalent to the mass of one of the MER rovers, Spirit and Opportunity. The landing process will take the spacecraft from 12,000 miles per hour to a standstill, all in about seven minutes. The first Martian rover, Sojourner, was considerably lighter than Curiosity and landed by bouncing inside a giant airbag. But the Mars Science Laboratory is a lot heavier, with a more complicated landing procedure. After using the heat shield to slow down in the Martian atmosphere, it deploys a parachute and jettisons the heat shield. Then the back shell and the parachute fly off, and the rocket-powered descent stage steadies the spacecraft. 
Finally, the sky crane lowers the rover to the surface with cables which detach when it lands, allowing the descent stage to fly away and crash somewhere else. My guess, probably Venusville. That place has just gotten too touristy. Curiosity's main mission will be to look for signs of water and signs of life. To do that, it has an arsenal of 10 scientific instruments. In addition to cameras for navigation and to determine what to analyze, it has many different sample analyzers, including laser-induced breakdown spectroscopy, alpha particle x-ray spectrometry, chemistry and mineralogy x-ray diffraction and x-ray fluorescence, quadrupole mass spectrometry, a gas chromatograph, a tunable laser spectrometer, a radiation assessment detector, and a dynamic albedo of neutrons for measuring hydrogen or water near the surface. Yeah, take that Martian soil. I don't think anything has been this thoroughly analyzed since Tiger's swing had a baby with Lance Armstrong's blood sample. Well, that's it for this week in engineering. For more information about these stories, check out the links in the description section. Let us know what you think by giving a rating, clicking a like, or leaving a comment. And all you metric system fans who don't like the units we chose, be sure to type in all caps. It sounds bigger that way. Alright engineers, let's get back to work.